Hey there, it's Pastor Kofi Darate, and you're tuned into my podcast. Here you're going to hear life-giving messages and conversations that will take your vision, your destiny, and your purpose to the next level. I pray that you're blessed. It's in the presence of the Lord that you get your strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. There is a strength that you receive when you dwell in the presence of the Lord. There is a strength. So when you get into the presence of the Lord, there is no reason to hold back on your praise, to hold back on your energy, to hold back on anything because it's in this presence that you receive your strength. So the more you lean into the presence, the more God fills up your jar of strength. Amen. And the reason why when we come to the presence of the Lord, we abandon ourselves because, like I said, it's in this presence that we are able to recharge ourselves as laborers. For the last few weeks, I've been speaking about being a kingdom laborer. Has anybody been blessed by anything that's been said in this series? Glory to Jesus. About being a kingdom laborer. But what it means to be a kingdom laborer, what it means to labor in the vineyard of the Lord. And one thing you have to understand as kingdom laborers is that kingdom laborers, you know, last week I demonstrated, they're going to bring the door up here in a minute. But last week I demonstrated about how when you leave the presence of the Lord, it affects, you know, your discernment, it affects your belief system, it affects you know, your, your decision-making, it affects so many aspects. And then before you know it, you're at the point where you're making decisions that are contrary to what the Lord has designed for your life. One of the things that happens when you leave the presence of the Lord or when you're full of the presence, full of the power, full of the Spirit of the Lord, and although you know right, you choose wrong or you... You are quenching the spirit of God, as Thessalonians would say, you're quenching the spirit of God. As you're, as you're doing that, one thing you have to understand is that a byproduct of being away from the presence of the Lord or suppressing the spirit of the Lord in your life is that you as a laborer can become subject to what's called weariness. Weariness. When somebody becomes weary, what it means is that either physically they don't have enough water, they don't have enough food, they don't have enough sustenance. So what happens is that their spirit becomes weary, their physical body becomes weary. Now, weariness is a dangerous thing. Tap somebody, say, weariness is dangerous. Weariness is completely dangerous. And today we're going to talk about what happens as a weary laborer. And I'm going to talk to you about the need for deliverance. And we're going to end this talking about the delivered labor. Before you get to that, you have to understand that weariness is a dangerous thing. If you're taking notes, I have a few slides up there, so it's easy for you to follow. But if you're taking notes, bring out your notepad, bring out your uh, phone, whatever you use to take notes. This is going to be um, uh, good. It's going to bless you. There are a few things that make you weary as a believer. I'm going to give you five main things that make you weary. If you guys are ready for the slides, let's get ready to go. Number one, when you are far from the presence of God, you can become subject to weariness. So being far from the presence of the Lord can make you weary. If you can help me resize that, that'd be great. 
being far from the presence of the Lord can make you a weary laborer. When you are not taking in of the presence of the Lord, it can cause you to grow weary in your walk with God. That's why when you are far from moments of intimacy or moments of worship or moments of praise or worship, you can find in yourself that something is not the same. It's as if you've gotten, you're not, you don't have that same passion. There's some weariness. There's, some, there's something missing because you are far from your natural habitat. And so you will grow weary. That's one way that we grow weary. Second thing that makes us grow weary in our spirit, in our spirit, so spiritual weariness. Number two is offense. Offense. When you become offended by something, it can cause you in your spirit to be wounded and weak. You become wounded. You become weary. You're not strong spiritually when you're offended. The Bible says, Jesus says, offenses will come. So that's a promise. So it's not about if the offenses come. It's about how we handle the offense when it comes. It's not about what happens to you. It's about how you manage the defense because you already know that it's coming. So offense is something that can make you weary. What's offense? Offense, for example, you wanted something, your sister came and took that thing. She didn't let you know that she took it. You found out she took it. You're upset at her. Now you're offended. You're upset because she didn't tell you she was taking that shirt that you love so much. And she took it. You just got it. You literally just bought it from the store. You just got it from Zara. You put it inside your closet. Two seconds later, before you could even wear the thing and take off the tag, your sister has taken the shirt and has put on the shirt and is wearing the shirt. I don't have sisters, but I have brothers, and it happens quite frequently in my household. Let me vent a little bit. And before you know it, they're wearing the shoes. They're wearing any, any older siblings here, any firstborns, any secondborns? All right, cool. A lot of firstborn society. What's up? What's up? Now, as firstborns, you understand that you can often be a subject or often expose yourself to this thing called offense. Why? Because things happen every day that can cause you to be offended. <laughs> uh, amen. Because your sister, your, your, your father, when, 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 when they take your shirt, you will go tell your dad, tell your mom, they'll be like, come on, it's your little brother, just let them use it. It's your little sister, just let them use it. Uh, someone's being delivered now. It's your little sister, just let them use it. If you resonate with this, can I have all the firstborn say amen? All right, hallelujah, hallelujah. A chorus of firstborns. <laughs> And you'll be upset. You'll be upset. And that can easily open up your heart to offense. And before you realize it, now when your brother comes and he's trying to talk to you, now you don't want to talk to him. Like, Yo, what's up, bro? You're offended. And that offense can make you be weary. Now that's within the family context. Take that to the church context. Take that to the business context. Take that to the school context. Take that to the friendship context. These offenses happen every day, and it can cause you to be weary in your spirit, weary in your soul. Second thing, third thing that happens, follow with me as I'm going. I'm just laying this foundation, then I'm going to get to my main text. And so let's go. After offense, one of the ways that you can become weary is also by way of bitterness. Offense, if not taken care of, leads to bitterness. And when you become bitter about something, this boy broke my heart, so now all men are bad. So now you're bitter because of one experience, and now you're projecting your offense from one thing to now every man. It's not every man that's bad. It was that guy that was bad. Hello? 
it was that guy that was bad. But because you haven't been able to heal from that guy, you've carried that experience and that offense into the next situation ship. And what that does is that causes you to grow weary. So bitterness has a way of eating at your soul. Bitterness has a way of eating at your life. Bitterness can cause you to sit on an anointing. Bitterness can cause you to forfeit your grace, forfeit what you're doing. Bitterness can cause you to leave your place of assignment. Bitterness can even cause you to leave a whole city. You can leave a country because somebody offended you and now you're bitter. Am I talking? We're just talking together. It has that effect. It has that effect. Fourth thing, prayerlessness can cause you to grow weary. Man ought always to pray and not faint. In other words, not grow weary. Men ought always to pray and not faint. So when you are not in the place of prayer, you become a subject or a casualty to weariness. And weariness being that you are not as strong as you should be. You're not as strong as you should be. Last one, and then I move on to something else. Number five, when you don't know God's promises, not knowing the promises of God, the promise of the Bible says the promises of God are yea and amen. That means that they are final, they are true. So when you do not know the promises of God, it can cause you to grow weary because it's the word of God that feeds us. Men ought not to live by bread alone, but by every what? Word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, we are to live by what? The word. We're to live by what? One more time. We're to live by what? We live by the word. We grow by the word. You live, you grow, you develop by the word of God. And so when you don't know the promises of God, you are starving your soul from growing. When you don't know the word of God, you're starving your spirit from maturing. And so the promises of God cause you to grow in a way that will cause your spirit to be strong and not to grow weary. You with me still? All right. Now, when a laborer gets weary, now let me talk to you about the effects of weariness. I've spoken to you about what weariness can cause. Now I'm going to talk to you about some of the output, some of the actions, some of the things that happen when laborers get weary. Number one, when laborers get weary, first things first, they make fuzzy decisions. You guys remember the story of Esau and Jacob? You remember the story when Esau had come from hunting all day and his brother was preparing a lentil stew in Genesis and the Bible says, any, you remember that story? Anybody remember that story? And the Bible says, I'm paraphrasing just for time, and the Bible says that Esau was so hungry that when he smelled the stew, his brother said, listen, I will give you the stew if you exchange it for your birthright as the firstborn. Because he was weary physically, he made a terrible decision. And he sold his birthright. Weariness causes us to make fuzzy and impaired decisions. Have you ever heard the saying, you're not, you're not yourself when you're hungry? 
You're not yourself when you're hungry because you don't make great decisions when you're hungry. I know a lot of people that have forfeited their destinies because they were hungry. I know a lot of people that are incarcerated because they were hungry. It will cause you to make fuzzy decisions. Our reference for that is Jacob and Esau found in Genesis. Second thing that happens, when a laborer is weary, number two, your guard is down. The enemy knows when to attack. He won't attack you when you're strong. He will attack you when you're weary. When you've, go, when you've grown faint. When you've become tired. That's why when the Philistines wanted to attack David, they tried when he was young, but they realized that he was too strong. So they waited until David had grown faint in his old age. And they sent another giant by the name of H.B. Benad to come and to destroy him. Thank God for Abishai who came at his rescue. There is something that happens is that the enemy knows when you've grown faint and when you've grown weary. And it's in those moments of weariness that he sends battles and attacks to you to make you forfeit your destiny. But I prophesy that you will not forfeit it in Jesus' name. That your destiny will not be aborted because of weariness, weariness, weariness. I'm dealing with that thing today. I'm dealing with weariness. I'm dealing with tiredness. I'm dealing with that when you grow tired as a laborer. Because laborers grow faint. Even the youth shall grow faint. The scripture says. Even the youth shall grow faint. Lamentations. Even the youth shall grow faint. So you have to understand. That you will one day grow weary as a laborer. Maybe today it's fine, you're full of fire. But one day, one day, someone say one day. But one day will come when you grow weary. And I'm trying to prevent and show you what's going to happen once you get weary. Because that day is going to come. First things first, weariness brings forth fuzzy decisions. Second thing is that when weariness happens, your guard is down. You're not as alert as you used to be. That's why the Bible says... In, in, in the book of Judges, the Bible says that when Samson and Delilah were together, Delilah was paid just to find the source of the strength of Samson. The Bible says that she asked him many times, and Samson never gave up his secret. He held it down. He had self-control. He's like, no, I'm not telling you the source of my strength, but someone shout one day. No, shout a little louder. Say one day. Okay. Marvin, one day happened, and the Bible says that Samson became Vexed in his soul. Vexed in his soul. In other words, he got so irritated. So he was tired of holding it down. The Bible says that he told her his secret. And it's when she cut off his locks that when they now came again, they were able to capture Samson. Be careful what you do when you're weary. Be careful the secrets you tell when you're tired. Because it can be those same secrets that you tell your friend in confidence when you're tired that come to destroy you and your destiny and your assignment. Weariness. Weariness. Third thing, when a laborer is weary, they are more likely to be subjected to temptation. The Bible says, and Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Bible says, after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, 
the devil came to him. And the devil began to tell him, if you are God, then do this. If you are the Lord, then turn this rock into bread. If you are the Lord, then do this. If you are the Lord, even in his weariness, thank God that God had, Jesus had the word of God inside him. He knew how to combat this attack of temptation while he was weary. And that was by having the word on the inside of him. So the word is what combated Jesus' ability to hold it down while he was weary. Weariness will bring some of the worst temptations to you. But you have to be able to know how to handle temptation in the day of your weariness. So Matthew 6 talks about it like this. When you talk about the Lord's Prayer, the Bible says what? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. When we read that line, you have to understand something, that God does not tempt us. He tests us. God will test you. So you'll be put into a situation where temptation will, will be heavy and all these different decisions will come at you. It's because God can be testing you. The enemy is the one that tempts you. And so you have to be able to know the difference. He says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So when a laborer is weary, they are more likely to be, subject, uh, to be subjected to temptation. Are you with me still? Cool. When, this is the last point right here, and then we get into some scripture. When a laborer is weak, they are more likely to open the door to sin. Can I have the door, please? I'm going to use the door today. anybody amen when a believer has grown weary in their spirit it's in that weariness that they get to the point whereby they can open up that door to temptation that door to sin now I'm going to show you today because now I'm going to demonstrate to you the power of deliverance and I'm going to demonstrate to you why we need this all right, let's watch them as they come. <laughs> Look at the pressure. I heard it was Kamzi's birthday. Happy birthday. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Thank you, gentlemen. The door already wants to open. Can you imagine? Doors, it must remain shut. All right, so this is what happens, okay? When you grow weary, Pastor Nick, in your spirit. That's what the Bible says, do not grow weary in well-doing. Because even the Bible knows the dangers of weariness. I've just literally given you, I don't know how many points, on weariness. The effects of it, the dangers of it, of weariness. But one of the most dangerous things in this when it comes to weariness is that when you become weary in your spirit and your soul, you're more, you're, you're more, it's more probable that you will sin. Basic, because you're not as strong as you should be. So you have the ability to open this door. Now, let me say it like this. Even the most anointed man with the gift of self-control will be challenged by a powerful atmosphere of temptation. When temptation comes, when an atmosphere full of sin is there, it's very difficult 
for self-control to last. It's going to take a few things that I'm going to show you in a minute. But one thing that encourages you when you're at that point of contemplating opening this door, opening this door and closing this door, one thing that can push you to open the door to sin even more is one thing I've discovered called atmosphere. I want you to write that down, atmosphere, 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 atmosphere. You know, you can be very, very, very strong in your faith. Then things come along the way that pull and tug to make you and cause you to grow weary. Now, when you become weary, like I said, you're more subject, you're more probable to open the door to sin. Now, I said that's a probability because you can still grow weary in your spirit and still have enough self-control to close the door to sin. However, what can push you over that edge is when you find yourself in an atmosphere that brings about those feelings, that brings about those temptations, that pulls you to a place where you start to flirt with the idea that it's not as bad as it seems. Am I helping? Am I talking today? I just want to be as practical as possible. So, when you're in that atmosphere, for example, for example, just, just for example, you're weary in your spirit. Your friend calls you. Your friend says, yo, there is a party going on downtown that's happening on Saturday. Your friend says, somebody's being delivered now. Being delivered. Your friend says, come to this party. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be, listen, it's going to be so crazy. You need to be there. It's happening on Saturday, blah, 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 all this stuff. You tell yourself, yo, listen, I'm a laborer. I go to Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday nights. This message is not for unbeliever. It's for you, the laborer. And you tell yourself, I have enough self-control. You don't even realize you're weary in your spirit. Because even though you've been coming to church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you've been coming to get high. But what about your personal devotion? What about putting fire on your own altar? Matthew says, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father in heaven who will hear you. What about that personal devotion that puts fire on your personal altar? There's one thing about corporate prayer, but there's something powerful about personal devotion. Are you hearing me? About personal devotion. So you can be in the midst of a congregation and still be weary. No, they don't like this word. They haven't liked me for the last three weeks. They want me to talk about blessings and cars and, and I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be used of God by the, by the mercies of God to help us in our spiritual development. And it's not everything I say you like. In fact, if you go to church that everything the pastor says you like, <laughs> anyways. So it is in those atmospheres and you tell yourself that you are strong enough. You get to the party. You walk into the event. This is just an example. Okay, I can, I'll use another example in a minute. You get to the party. You get to the function. You get to the event. And as you're there, your friend says, yo, I have a booth. Don't worry. Come through. You come to the, you come to the booth. You get to the booth. As you get there, they bring the bottle service. 
They have a bottle of Bacardi. They have a bottle of Absolute. They have a bottle of vodka. They have a... And as they get these bottles, Pastor Christelle is looking at me with some certain eyes right now. So, you see the bottles in, in the section. And you tell yourself, I came here because I have enough self-control. In fact, I came here to evangelize. Hey! Say, I came here to evangelize. That's why I came here for ministry purposes. Ministry. This is ministry. Watch. You get there and your friend is like, yo, 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 don't worry. Yo, drinks are on me. And you're saying, no, 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 I can't do this. But one thing you forgot is that you're not as strong as you used to be. You're weary. You're wounded. You're weary. You're not as strong. And what happens when you're weary? You make fuzzy decisions. What happens when you're weary? You, you, your guard is down. What happens when you're weary? You are subject to temptation. And what happens when you're weary? You are more probable to open the door to sin. And so, okay, fine, yo. I'll just, I'll just take one drink. So you don't want to break the door down, but you just want to open it small. I'll just open it a little bit. Nobody will know. I'll be back serving at UO next week, and nobody will know that I just took a little bit, that I just, I just, it was just, it was just oral. Like, it wasn't anything special. It was just, I'm just opening up the door just a little bit. And then what happens is that as you open the door a little bit, you begin to be reminded of where you used to be. Atmosphere. The atmosphere can bring up memories. You know what else can trigger memories? Music. Music can trigger memory. Ah. Uh, And when you're in that place of weariness, Esau made a terrible decision because he was weary. Eve, she ate of the apple because she was out of the presence of God. Things happen when you're weary. You tell yourself, it's just one drink. What happens is you start playing a song that you remembered when you were in the world. And then that door keeps opening more and more. And then you tell yourself, I will just put one leg. Just one leg through. I, I don't want to do too much, but I'll just put one leg through the door. Before you know it, your weariness has cost you your oil. Your weariness has cost you your assignment. And let me tell you this. This can happen to anybody. In fact, if you think you're strong, it can mean you're actually weary. Yeah. 
Because when you realize, because spiritual people realize the dependency on God by way of weakness. Spiritual people recognize that because I'm weak, I need him. It's proud people that be like, oh, I mean, you know, I can even stand at the door. Nothing will happen to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm an evangelist. I'm called to the club. Listen, if that's your assignment, God bless you. I'm only talking about clubs because this is my, it was my reality. That, so for somebody else, it would be a different reality. That was my reality. So I only use the examples that I know. So before you realize it, your weariness has cost you something. And now because you've opened the door to sin, now what has happened is you've now opened the door to many things that can come inside the door. Now, you look at this door. Let me get some four people. I'm just going to use it as an example. Just some four people. Just come. Just quickly. Anybody. Just four. One, two, three, four. Anybody. Just come. Please. Just stand here and walk through the door. Okay? You've opened the door to sin. Once you've opened the door to sin, by no means is your future, and this by no means is you, just for this example, amen. It's just a disclaimer. Because you've opened the door to sin, now walk through. Now, you've opened the door to sin, now there's strongholds in your life, come. You've opened the door to sin, now the strong man is in your life, go. You've opened the door to sin, now torment is in your life. You've opened the door to sin. Now many diverse sins are in your life. And now, because of one decision that you made, because of one openness that you made, because the gates by which sin enters into us is by many ways. We have the eye gate. We have the ear gate. You have your mouth. You have different organs. You have different and several ways by which spirits can enter. Because we'll talk about it in a verse. And now I'm going to get into some biblical theology. Because you can understand this truth. Is that spirits are always looking for homes. And so, this was the door protecting your soul. And because of weariness, because nobody who is strong in their faith in the moment will willingly make a decision that will forfeit their destiny. In fact, okay, let me not say that. So, no, no, no. <laughs> let me not say that. So, this is the door. Now what happens is because you've opened the door to sin in your life, you've now welcomed the company of spirits into your life by way of sin, by way of ear gates, eye gates, all that stuff. Please stay there. Let me read the scriptures. Let's go to the scriptures. Let's go to, um, okay, but let me give you some context. So, Understand this truth. This is a biblical truth. So, know this truth, that when you've given your life to Christ, because you're a laborer, you've given your life to Christ, okay? So, what happens is what? When you give your life to Christ, your spirit is possessed by the Holy Spirit, okay? That is where your spirit is. Your spirit is possessed by the Holy Spirit. In other words, demonic spirits cannot possess you as a believer. They can't. They can oppress you. They can torment you. But they cannot possess your soul because you've already given that space to the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? You want truth? Let's go Bible. Alright, just stand there. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you 
which you have from God, and you are not your own. Romans chapter 8, verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, we cannot be possessed because our souls have been possessed, taken by the Holy Spirit. But we can be oppressed. That's why a believer can have spiritual torment. So you can be a believer, but you're dealing with a spiritual issue. Doesn't mean you're possessed. It means you're tormented by a spiritual wickedness. Is that making sense? It's clear? All right. So now we're going to shift, and I'm going to explain to you now the need for deliverance. We need deliverance. Because once you've opened that door, I've told you how the door opens, many, it's, it's, it's because of weariness. Once you've opened that door by way of weariness, or one of the ways, and you've welcomed these company of spirits, these spirits, when you welcome them in, now you are in partnership with these spirits. And they can now control your movements and your life. So you'll see that somebody is extremely bitter. It's not that they're extremely bitter by nature. It's because of what they allowed inside. So there are spirits. There are things that are tormenting, that are causing them to react in certain ways. Now, when we go to Matthew chapter 12 and 43, I'm going to explain this. Then I'll go to 1 Peter, use some biblical backing. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. Verse 43. It's very important that we have uh, biblical backing and understanding. Matthew 12 and 43. It says, when an unclean spirit, let's read it together. One, two, three, and go. Uh-huh. Okay. Next verse. Put in order. Uh huh. Next verse, forty-five. Then he goes and takes with him what? How many? All right. Let's explain this. You've opened the door. Spirits have come in. But my Bible says in Romans, "Thanks be to God, because the blood of Jesus and the the death of Jesus." The Bible says that. Let, let me just go to scripture. The Bible says that he bore our sins on the cross. Let, let me just read it for context's sake. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2 and 24, and then we'll come back to Matthew. 1 Peter 2 and 24. Let's go there. 1 Peter 2 and 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Let's go to... Romans chapter 5 and 8. Romans 5 and 8. Let's go there quickly. Romans 5, 8. And let me explain this and drive it home. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were what? Still sinners. Christ, what did he do? So the blood of Jesus, the part of the reason why Jesus died was for our sins. The main reason. 
So when we as laborers allow these spirits in, it's the blood of Jesus that brings forth and enforces the deliverance we already have in Christ Jesus. Do you understand? So when we come to a moment of deliverance, what we're doing is prop. We're enforcing what Christ already did on the cross. It's not a new thing. We're enforcing what Christ did. So when he went up on the cross and he died for us and his blood is shed, that's why in deliverance we plead the blood of Jesus. Because when you plead the blood of Jesus, what happens is the spirits have to understand and they begin to remember and submit to the defeat they already have. That's why you cannot be afraid of witches. Can I go there for a second? Can I go there? That's why you cannot be afraid of warlocks. That's why you cannot be afraid of any spirit, any witch, any witches are the lowest demons. That's why you cannot be afraid of principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. You cannot be afraid of them. Why? Because they're already defeated. It's up to us to enforce our deliverance in Christ Jesus by way of the blood of Jesus. Am I making sense? Anybody grateful for the blood? Let's give God praise for the blood. I'm almost there. Parus kafere antokaska. Maliadadamas kafaria. So what happens is that as the doors open, spirits have come in, this brother will go to a moment of repentance or this brother will come to a moment of deliverance or a service of deliverance and what will happen is when it comes to this moment maybe somebody a pastor a leader a brother a mother will be pleading the blood of Jesus over them praying over them and what begins to happen is one by one because of the blood of Jesus go out that door one by one these spirits begin to leave this life because of the oh God I thought you would shout because of the blood of Jesus Because what was supposed to happen is that when we sinned, we were meant to die. But Jesus died for our sin. This is the gospel. So when you have a weak moment of weariness, grace by way of salvation says you cannot die, but you have an access because of the blood of Jesus for all these sins to be taken away to be forgiven before the father so when the father looks at you the father sees the blood of Jesus so although you do wrong the blood of Jesus says you cannot condemn him because of my blood because of what has happened on Calvary's tree that's the true gospel all right but take me back take me back to this verse Matthew 12 43 because this is what happens Matthew 12 and, and, and 43 because we we play around with grace. Grace is not a license to sin because of the fact that when you sin, because of weariness, sorry, I had a weak moment, you had another weak moment, you had another weak moment, you had another weak moment, and spirits are there. And every time you come, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, then what happens is all the spirits come out. All the spirits come out. And then you say, the door is closed, and I'll show you how to close the door by the end of this service. And then you say, thank you, Jesus. And then you have a moment of weariness. You open the door again. Keep doing it's not a license to sin. Grace is like this by way of salvation. Your car can go up to 225, right? Some people, 225 kilometers per hour, sometimes 220, whatever, however much your car can go up to 300, whatever. Do you drive? Okay, I'm not gonna ask too late. I'm not gonna ask Kizito. 
I'm going to ask Reginald. Do you, do you drive 200 on the highway? No, sir. The max you'll probably drive that the, the, the city has regulated, the nation has regulated, or the province is what? 100 bucks. Yes, don't say the bucks. We're on camera. 100. That's the, that's the speed limit. Grace is like you having the ability to drive 200. Is the, is the, grace is like you have the ability to drive 200. The reason why you have it there, the reason why your car has it there, is just in case you need it. This is grace by way of salvation. It's just in case you need it. It doesn't mean every day you're driving 200. Every day you're driving 200. It's there in case you're in a moment of a high speed and you have to get somewhere quickly. You have that available for you. But what we do is we abuse grace. Oh, God. They don't like this word. We abuse grace because we feel of the fact that, okay, no problem. When God looks at us, he sees his son. So I can continually doing that. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is for you to realize the price that Jesus had to pay for you to be free. Woo. So Matthew, so what happens is this. So because the blood of Jesus, these spirits will come out. Let me get a few guys up here. Uh, then it says what? Let me get a few more guys up here. Let me get seven guys up here because that's what the scripture says. Seven guys up here. But it says what happens? Then he goes and takes with him seven other people. Why did they take seven other people with him? Because, hey, <laughs> they've been coming through the door the wrong way. Can you imagine? <laughs> so, so because, are, are you still with me? Someone say, I'm with you. I'm almost there. Not in here. You say, I'm with you. I'm almost there. I'm talking about these are dynamics of deliverance. I'm almost there. So because you have emptied out because of the blood of Jesus, and you've been free. You've been delivered. You've been free. But you had a moment of weariness where your friends called you one more time and said, hey, I know you came last two weeks to this pub, and I know, you know, things got a little crazy, but I promise you this time, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a chill thing. It's not as crazy. In fact, we're not going to a club. It's my friend's condo. It's just a rooftop type of thing. It's chill. It's a vibe. Oh, okay, fine. And you... Thinking you're strong, but you're weary. Make a decision and tell yourself, I think it's just, it's just, it's just you know, I mean, it's just, it's just. So you start with creeping door open. And then one foot in and one foot out. And this is dangerous because this is what is called lukewarm. When you're one foot in and one foot out. You're neither cold, neither are you hot. The Lord says that you are, he will spew you out of his mouth. It's rather you be hot and be cold. That's not my message. When this door opens, remind, remember that spirits are always looking for homes. They go around, go around, go around, go around. They wait for somebody to open up a door. Then they come in. But this time, you guys are going to go back where you came from. This, the, the guys that came in there, you go, go again. When you open the door, they said, wow, this house is clean. So one of the, the guys that saw the house is clean come, told them and said, yo, there's more room. And you went to go grab seven other people to now go and tell them, say, guys, there's more room here. Yo, man, them fun. 
is a man them forward. And you guys just start to celebrate, start to just cheer, start to cheer and celebrate. So now, before it was just alcohol, but now lust has entered. Before it was just lust, but now bitterness has entered. Before it was just bitterness, but now you're talking back. Before it was just one thing, but now you have many offenses. And you're asking yourself, how did all of this happen? How it happened is you opened the door one more time. And now, you have seven more. And guess what? The Bible says these, these spirits are what? They're more powerful, more wicked than the others. This is what happens. It says, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. So if one way you had a weakness, now you are further. Can I tell you something that sin uglifies you? You don't look the same physically when you're living a life of sin. Today is someone's day of freedom. It is. Today is someone's day of freedom. I'm going to say it again until you believe it. Today is someone's day of freedom. Today is somebody's day of freedom. Today is somebody's day. In fact, today is your day of freedom. Today is your day of freedom because of the blood of Jesus. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the helmet of salvation. The blessed prayer of righteousness. The shoes of the gospel. The sword of the spirit which is the word of God to combat wickedness and spiritual spirits in high places. Watch this. So, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Someone say the blood of Jesus. I'm almost there. Say the blood of Jesus. You'll go to a service like this. You'll be in an atmosphere, everyone, like this. You see, because we try to regulate our deliverance in our church to just our retreat. No, 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 no. You can be delivered at any time, any place, as long as the name of Jesus is there, as long as the blood of Jesus is applied. Ha! Under this atmosphere, there's no spirit that can survive this atmosphere of power, this atmosphere of prayer, this atmosphere of the fire. Hey. This is why we have Friday night prayer. Because on Friday night prayer, what's happening is you begin to pray. We begin to deal with stuff. And what happens? The guys that came in first, you guys come. Can you turn the team? You guys come. Uh -huh. These ones come. These ones, yeah, you keep going. Go. They're fleeing. These ones, they're gone. One by one, they're out. All these ones are out. But what happens is this. Is these ones are more wicked. That means they're more strategic. So your 21-day fast won't work because you tried it before. It got rid of these ones. But now you have the strong men. You have the principality. You're dealing with spiritual wickedness. This is what you call a stronghold. What's a stronghold? Something that doesn't want to leave you alone. You try. It doesn't go. 
You try, it doesn't go. You try, it doesn't go. So as you're trying, Prof, come. Please come, quickly. This is why you need to be in community. Because sometimes what you can't cast out, your brother can. Leaders, I want you to start getting ready. Just our pastors, just come and line up. Just leaders and pastors, just get ready. We're going to pray for people. Time is far spent, but the atmosphere of deliverance is here. Watch this. Just, just get ready. Come, come, line up and face. Just get ready. And you begin to join together in prayer. That's why there's a place for prayer in your understanding. It's, it's great. Where are the men? Oh, they're here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. There is a place for prayer in your understanding. But when you begin to pray in the spirit, Pastor Shane, what begins to happen is you're praying for things you don't even understand. You're praying to bind strong men. You're praying to bind the spiritual wickedness, that thing in the family. As you pray in the spirit, your tongues are navigating and going through places and dealing with spirits. So just as in one place, you tried, you now join with one brother. You're praying against this matter. That's why the Bible says, watch this, confess your sins one. What does that mean? Confess the fact that, yo, I've been dealing with this pornography issue. It's not going. There is deliverance in just telling. Because now you have accountability. So when you begin to pray and you enforce the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. You begin to pray, and then God begins to give you revelation. You begin to say, that strong man, we begin to bind you. And one by one, the strong man, the principality, the stronghold, they begin to leave, they begin to leave, they begin to leave and stay. Paul said, there was then given to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me. There is some, okay, let me, should I? Because this is, this is quite deep today. We're in deep waters today. some things that are thorns in your side that are left there so that you don't stop praying. <laughs> because, Pastor Nick, go. The moment that strong man's gone and, oh, you close the door. Oh, 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 what happens is you stop praying and what happens? You're weary again. And this is what is called cycles. And now you open the door just a little bit. One foot in, one foot out. All these guys come in. Plus now what? Seven. Oh. Seven more. 
that are more powerful than the last seven. And now, people start saying, no, that person has an ugly spirit. What do they mean by that? They mean by the person is so failed that, like, I'm talking to them, and it's like, bro, they just, there's, I don't, there's atmospheres. Just, yo, there's some, you ever met somebody like that? That their spirit irks you? Like, there's something off, like, their spirit doesn't sit well with, I don't know what it is. What it is is the person needs deliverance. All right, let's be on our feet. I'm done. How can you keep the door shut to sin? Number one, watch your atmosphere. Watch your atmosphere because your atmosphere will bring about moments of temptation. Two, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and 9. The Bible says that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. How can you keep this door? Listen to me. Pastor Nick, you know we can't do this by ourselves. You know that, right? Because we're human, I feel like preaching today. Because we're human, we don't have enough self-control. The enemy, there will be moments of weakness so that's why God has given us grace. Someone say grace. It's the year of all grace. Receive all grace. That's why God has given us grace because you can't do this by yourself. That's why it's not grace unto salvation, but grace has the ability to do that which you cannot do by yourself. Is the ability to be able to handle the situation. So atmospheres. Watch your atmospheres, number one. Number two, grace by way of recognizing. And number three, the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says that it's better that I go. John, John 15, 26. It's better that I go so that the helper will come. It's the helper, the Holy Spirit. Some of us only, only like to call on the Holy Spirit when we need him for anointing. We need him to operate. The Holy Spirit is there for you to snitch on yourself. To say, I need help. And the Holy Spirit will begin to tell you that in this moment of neediness, don't worry, son. I'll help you. God, I don't know what to do. Ah, I'll go. This girl, oh my God. This situation. I'm tempted to steal money from my workplace. I'm, I'm, I don't have money. I opened the cashier. There's money there. God, what do I do? The Holy Spirit will help you. All right? So, So time is far spent. Time is far spent. Pastors, please come. Pastors and leaders, guys, whatever, please come. We're going to pray for you today. And we're going to believe God that in this corporate atmosphere, that God would bring forth a deliverance. But you know, that deliverance first begins with acknowledgement and repentance. You have to acknowledge that there is something that is, is not right. Like there's something 
that I feel in my heart and my spirit that I know like, yo, I wasn't this way before, but something is, it's not right. When you begin to acknowledge and bring yourself to the point of repentance, that is when you become legible for deliverance. You cannot be delivered from something that you don't feel that you were delivered from. Yes, sir. Let's take the next one minute. I want you to talk to God. You could, you guys can help me through the door. Take it down. I want you to talk to God. Whatever area it is in your life that you need the Holy Spirit to come and help, whatever area you're struggling with, I want you to pray right now and begin to speak to God in an honest moment of repentance. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in and hearing this podcast episode. I trust that God transformed your life and took your life to the next level by something that was said or conversation that was had. Well, I cannot wait to connect with you online on any of our social media platforms at Kofi Darte. Until next time.